Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 111, and we are honored and thrilled to have Larry McKenzie, the legendary boys basketball coach from Minneapolis, Minnesota, various stops along the way, but right now he is a polar bear at Minneapolis North High School. Uh, but before we get to talking to Coach McKenzie, we of course want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at COSACChiro.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes, so be sure to download, rate, and review. Give us five stars so we can get the message out about the A Pen and a Napkin podcast and everything that we offer so that we can help coaches hone their craft one day at a time. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach McKenzie, Larry McKenzie, the head boys basketball coach at Minneapolis North High School. Coach, how are you doing this Sunday evening? I'm well, and thank you for having me on. Well, we got to thank John Carrier for uh, being kind of the common link between us here. And, uh, you know, just uh, really, really excited to have you on here tonight and to to talk some hoops. And to, to, like I said, you know, the purpose of a pen and a napkin is to help coaches get better. And I'm sure by the end of this conversation, you're going to be able to help out a bunch of folks. So uh, just really excited to have you on. Uh, before uh, we jump into anything else, I, I will uh, give you the opportunity, give you the floor uh, for the for the people that don't know about Larry McKenzie's basketball journey. Uh, Coach, go ahead and tell us about uh, your journey, how you started in Florida, went to Wisconsin, ended up in Minneapolis, and 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 what you're doing now at Minneapolis North High School. Well, hopefully that won't take up the whole show, but <laughs> I'll tell you. Um... I, I grew up in a basketball family. Uh, my dad was kind of a, a, a local legend in Miami, played at Booker T. Washington High School. I had an uncle that played basketball at Miami Northwestern High School who had gone to go on to play at a NYU and uh, played uh, in NIT when it was the national championship back in the mid-60s and would later spend uh, seven years in the NBA, playing with the then Baltimore Bullets, the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. uh, the Portland Trailblazers, and ending his career uh, with the Houston Rockets. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started. I mean, it was kind of hard to be a McKenzie growing up in Miami and not be a uh, basketball player. So uh-huh. that's that's how I uh, got started. I, I played high school basketball at uh Miami Beach Senior High School, and I always tell people uh, my ninth grade year, I played with a guy by the name of Andy Garcia. Some people may recognize that name. He was my point guard my okay. um, ninth grade and the year in, in, in high school. And so uh, I would leave Miami Beach and, and come to the Midwest to play basketball at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. Uh, as I said, in kind of the pre game talk that we had uh, fell in love with the seasons thought that uh, Minnesota would be a good place to raise a family Mm -hmm. and uh, move to Minnesota and 
How I got into coaching, um, wow, it's the craziest story, but I do like to share. I had a friend of mine by the name of Clyde Turner. Clyde played at the University of Minnesota, and Clyde was a program director for uh, Big Brothers at the time. Um, And so he talked me into being a big brother. And so I volunteered as a big brother. I was assigned to uh, a 13-year-old young man from a single-family household uh, by the name of Jules. And so uh, as Jules and I began spending more and more time together, the one thing that we uh, realized that we had in common was a love for the game of basketball. And so one day, Jules were actually walking through the hallway at his middle school and overheard the principal and some other adults talking about not having, not being able to find anybody to volunteer to coach their middle school basketball team. So Jules actually volunteered his big brother. <laughs> yeah, oh, he volunteered yeah. his big brother. And, I, and, and because this is a family show, I can't go into the discussion that I would have with Jules that day. <laughs> but it, it was the beginning of my basketball career. So I coached his middle school team, uh-huh. fell in love with, um, fell in love with the game. Um, End up going to coach at our inner city high school, Minneapolis Patrick Henry, uh, volunteered there one year as an assistant coach. The head coach left uh, to move to Dayton, Ohio to become a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. The kids decided that they liked Coach Mc- the assistant coach, Coach McKenzie, and I always say the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So it, it's now been um, 25 years of coaching high school basketball. A little break in between there. I, I, spent, I, I took a year off to watch my son. Uh, play at the University of Minnesota and then also coach a year minor league professional basketball. But, um, you know, the one thing that I tell everybody during the time that I was, I, I coached uh, in the ABA, I really found out that I was a high school basketball coach and that was what I loved to do. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the Larry McKenzie journey. Yes, that's the journey. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's been a pretty productive journey. Uh, both on and off the floor, and and coach, as I as I did some research on you, I was just floor. Obviously, your your on court uh, accomplishments are 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 to be commended. Um, you know, four straight state championships at Patrick Henry after you took over, uh, and then two more at uh, Minneapolis North, and. But but all the things that you've done on the floor or off the floor, excuse me, uh, for your players, uh, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to start out with here uh, this evening was, uh, you know, you're you're part of something called Above the Rim Youth Sports Foundation, and and you're doing a lot of work with uh, kids from you know some tough neighborhoods. Uh, it, it sounds like, and uh, just you know just how how have you taken basketball and and helped. Uh, so many young men uh, move on uh, after their playing careers are done, and 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 what a, you know what are the ways that you use basketball to show uh, these these kids that uh, there there's there's so much more that basketball can do for you other than putting a ball into the basket. I, I think for me, so first of all, I always tell everybody um, I was blessed to to have a gentleman. Uh, in my life uh, when I was in college who kind of became a mentor to me and uh, he just poured into my life and so I I, I, and in 2006 I had an opportunity to do a mission trip uh, to South Africa with the athletes in action Mm -hmm. and what I was amazed at is how 
uh, how much of a captured audience you have with that little orange thing in the palm of your hands. And so what I've done is use basketball as a carrot uh, to to help. Uh, for me, it, you know, and, and as you said, I mean, primarily the majority of my career has been uh, coaching in the urban community in, in, in uh, Minneapolis and the Twin Cities and, and without question uh, some challenging kids. I mean, we've had homeless kids. We've had kids that have been in the system. We've had kids who've had to come to practice with, with ankle braces on. But the thing about it is I, I would tell them that, you know, the game has had blessed me. To bless, it has given me opportunity to see the world. It gave me an opportunity uh, to come to college. It has given me an opportunity to meet some great people in my life. Right. And if you use it, you you have a choice. You either use the game or the game uses you. So, you know, so we've used it as a way of holding kids accountable uh, in the classroom. It, you know, one of the rules that I have is that if you want to play, uh, we do a weekly grade check with our kids. If you want to play basketball, you have to, if you have a D, you can practice, but you can't dress in a uniform. You can't represent the team on the floor. Uh, we so, we so we've used that to get these young men to compete in the classroom. Uh, when, I, I, when I was at Patrick Henry, I, I inherited a team with a GPA of 1.6. When I left, we had five African-American young men who were members of the National Honor Society. 100% of those kids went to college. Um, and we left with a team GPA of 3.4. My current team, team GPA is 3.4. So what we've been able to do is really help kids understand the importance of being student athletes and then being able to take the game of basketball, go to college, and change the trajectory of your life. So many of my kids have been the first one in their families to go to college, to have those opportunities. And so, again, I just I, I would say the foundation of that or the basis premise of that is helping them to understand that you either use the game or the game uses you. And I tell kids, you know, one thing that Coach McKenzie doesn't do, uh, I don't I don't want to coach kids that I can't help go to college. I don't I don't want to use kids to win basketball game. If, if, if you're putting something in that you deserve to get something out. And so we're in this together. And I want to know, what is your goal? What is your why? I, you know, that's one of the things every single year I spend time individually asking my kids, why are you here? Why are you playing basketball? What do you want to get out of this? And a lot of kids, like I say, probably every year, 80 to 90% of my kids often say, I'm going to be the, I want to be the first one in my family to get a college degree. Well, we can help you do that. But you got to do these things. Uh-huh. And if you do these things, these this will happen. And so we've been blessed. Uh, 24 years. We're now in year 25. We've had 100% of our kids graduate on time in uh, in in a district that at one time when I first started was only graduating African American males at a rate of 28%. Wow. And I often said the kids that I coach had a greater chance of going to prison than going to college. But we've been able to take that little orange basketball and turn that into a positive. And 100% of our kids have gone on to a two-year or a four-year school. And right now, in year 24, we're at 35% of those kids having college degrees. That is that is so awesome to hear, Coach. Uh, just a just a tremendous 
success story. Uh, and, and you have, you know, obviously touched these young men in, in a way where you, you've literally changed their lives with the use of the game of basketball. And sometimes we get so caught up in the wins and losses on the court that we, we kind of get lost with what should be our higher purpose, which is teaching the life lessons and, and putting our, our players in situations to prepare them for the next phases of their life and, and how basketball can help them handle those things. And, and so just uh, my, I, I tip my hat to you as, as, a, as a fellow uh, coach and mentor. Uh, just, just unbelievable stuff, Coach. Just so impressed by everything that you've done there. So um, you, you did mention it earlier. Um, the, uh, you, you took a year and you went to uh, the ABA. How did, how did that come about? The Minnesota, and, and I wasn't sure, the rip, Ripness? Rip? It, 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 it's actually, and it's a long story, the Minnesota Ripney. So oh, Ripneys. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, okay. Ripneys, yes. Yeah. And, and so the owner of the team had created this fictional character um, that he, he created telling his kids bedtime stories. And so uh, it was, he had a, a bunch of stories about Ripney's. Unfortunately, he ended up passing from cancer and never really got to write the book or share the stories about Ripney's. But mm-hmm. for his kids, uh, Ripney, uh, a guy with a, rip, with a ripped up pair of jeans, were actually a, a, a superhero. Okay. And so we, we coached that team. So, uh, I was coaching at Patrick Henry at the high, at, at the time and um, had a guy reach out to me and talk about what he wanted to do. And, you know, he wanted to do for young men at, at, at that professional level what I had done for young men in high school, right? Mm-hmm. A really holistic type professional basketball team. He reached out to me, made me an offer at the time that I couldn't confuse, uh, refuse and, um, and so I took on the challenge. Unfortunately, uh, a year into it, you know, the, the economy uh, tanked. And so, you know, the the additional resources that he had uh, had to go to take care of his family. And so, mm-hmm. uh, like, like a lot of the ABA teams, uh, you know, we ended up uh, shutting down. So, yeah. What, uh, you know, with the with the actual coaching part of it, and you mentioned it earlier, that you knew after the the ABA experience that you knew you were a high school coach. What about that experience, you know, showed you that your your heart and your spirit truly belonged in, in the hallways of, of a high school? Well, I, I think one of the things that I saw was, you know, I tell everybody, and, and I always use this quote uh, by Reverend Billy Graham. He, he says that, a coach will touch more lives in a year than most people would touch in a lifetime. In my experience of coaching high school basketball, I got a 13, 14 year old young man uh, who left me as an 18 year old, uh, a, a, a 13, 14 year old boy who would leave me as a 18 year old young man. And, and I always tell people, I just, Coach, I just think it's so awesome. And the one thing I, I, I have to say is, you know, I'm a believer. And so for me, coaching from day one has been a ministry. Mm-hmm. 
it's, it's been a ministry. It, it, it's been about exactly never really, never really have been ever concerned about, you know, the wins and the losses. I, I started out with the intention of using, again, that little orange ball to change lives. And, and, and the and the the wins and losses and the championships have just been a byproduct because you know I, I've I've loved my kids unconditional. They haven't always been perfect. You know, uh, many of those kids made mistakes. We had to work through them. But because they knew that Coach McKenzie loves them unconditionally, they know that if they called, that I would be there. Because uh, we've got stories. I mean, we've we've had to feed them. We've had to pay rent. We've had to do so many things uh, in, in terms of helping some of these kids navigate. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. being able to get from uh, from the community onto these college campuses. But I've just said, I, I just you know. So I want to be clear for for for. And I know sometimes. When I talk to young coaches, if you're not a believer, it's hard to believe. But my faith journey has had has meant so much to me uh, as a basketball coach. And I give a lot of my success to, you know, as I say, my playbook is Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and that influence, you can tell you, you're, you're so passionate about what you're talking about and you know, I, I love the, and I've heard that quote before about the coach who will touch more kids, uh, you know, uh, or influence more kids in a year and so forth and so on. And I do think that's uh, the the thing that a lot of young coaches get into coaching and they think it's about the X's and O's and the winning and the losing and running this play and that. But un- until you establish great relationships and establish that trust with your players, all of that other stuff doesn't really matter, does it, coach? You, you're 1,000% correct. I tell young coaches all the time. I mean, you know, it's, again, it's one of those cliches, right? But kids don't care how much you know until, how, until they know how much you care. And so it doesn't matter your playbook, how much X's and O's, what kind of defenses or offenses or any of those kind of things that you run. If you don't have – and one of my main criteria, even for my assistant coaches, I don't care how much basketball you know, how committed – are you to kids, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and that's always been important to me uh, because you know we can go to we can go to clinics, we can watch DVDs, we can pull up YouTube, we can listen to pins and and, and, and napkins, right, uh-huh. and learn basketball. But but I can't teach you uh, to be passionate and love young people the way that they need to. And unfortunately, I I say this all the time, too, like a lot of young people, they don't get to choose their families. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not responsible for their situation. And so we're, we're not here to judge them. How do we help them use this game to better their lives? Mm -hmm. And so that's been the mission. One of the things my dad told me was, you know, don't penalize the kid for who their parents are. And, Absolutely. and uh, that's that's been, uh, you know, one of the many things that my dad has taught me uh, that that I've always tried to keep in the back of my mind. If, if, a, if a child or a player is being difficult or if a student is being difficult in the classroom or whatever it is, you know, sometimes it's just learned behavior that they don't know any differently. And it's part of your job to help them figure it out, you know, and, and, and I think that, again, that kind of comes back to, to that part of it. So. 
Um, yeah, interesting coaches. Let me let me just ask you a question. Were, were your dad a teacher? <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. And and and, and, and I reason I asked because I could hear that. And and to me, I mean, it's it's funny, right? I grew up in a household with both of my parents were teachers. My mom was an elementary school teacher. My dad was a special ed teacher. And I always tell people, I, I never thought that I would be working with kids, but obviously, a lot of what they did and said rubbed off on me. And you know, I, I've spent the last thirty years of my life right in education. So yeah, I got into it for the money, Coach. That's the reason why I got into it. So, well, uh, do they have any jobs in the district you work in? <laughs> Actually, are not into it for the money. I, no, that was that was purely tongue in cheek, Coach McKenzie. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Definitely, I can tell you. I, I think I'm probably a little bit older than you, and I I can tell you from experience. I knew that was tongue in cheek. <laughs> well, hey, I, I even worked at a private school uh, within the private school system for for 22 years. So even more tongue-in-cheek in that regard. So, yeah, uh, and I spent five years at a private school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that on your on your resume. Yeah, I did see that. So, yeah. um, you know, along with your resume, uh, I was I was uh, I had seen this on Twitter and actually followed this organization that you uh, that you helped form uh, the uh, Minnesota Black Basketball Coaches Association. Uh, you know, what was kind of the driving purpose uh, behind putting that together and what were you looking to do and, and what's kind of the mission of this organization up there in uh, the land of 10,000 lakes? So, so I think first and foremost, Coach, to be honest with you, so over the years I've had, you know, being one of the elders in the coaching community here, I, I get a lot of calls from young coaches, you know, want to pick, pick my brain, have conversations. And so we had talked about it on and off and, and never really got serious about it until the George Floyd incident. Uh-huh. And, and when, the, when that incident happened, I, I really had to do some soul searching. And when I say that is the first thing that came to my mind is that could have been one of my kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, that could have been one of my kids. And so and, 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 and good, better and different. One of the things is knowing that George Floyd was a former high school athlete. One of the first things came to my mind. What could his coach have said? What could he have done that would have maybe changed the trajectory of this young man's life? Mm-hmm. And then being a, and then being an African American coach, I, you know, for me personally, I felt like sometimes we get so busy, right, and get caught up into the wins and losses and the coaching and all of those kind of things that we forget the importance of uh, the assignment that we have, right? And that is, I mean, as a high school coach, we're, we're going to have a lot of influence. So our job is to mold those young men and women uh, during the time that we have them. So two things. One, we wanted to create something that would support coaches, that, that and a, a, a space that African-American coaches could have to talk about issues that we have to deal with that not necessarily our colleagues have to deal with. And so we also wanted to one of the things that that I'm that I'm hearing uh, so many of the young coaches just struggle with 
the various things that are being asked of them, how to deal with administration. Coach, what do you do, you know, when you're, when parents want to have meetings after every game, the fundraising, uh, there's so much of that, that, you know, cause a lot of these guys, as you said, they just get into it because they like basketball. Yep. But it's so much. There's so much behind the scenes that people don't see. So we just wanted to have a support group that would help navigate them. Uh, we wanted to develop some programs where coaches that young guys that wanted to get into coaching would be more prepared as they went through the interview process, how to put together a resume, all of those kind of things. So I always like to say, you know, it, it is, it's a support group as much as it is uh, a, a, a group about the uh, uh, personal development as well. And, and how's it gone so far, coach? Uh, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a year and a half, I mean, we continue to grow. Uh, we've been able to have some 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 major impact. It really has brought the community of black coaches together. Um, I, I, I talk, you know, I, I probably talk to two or three young coaches a day. Many of us knew each other, right? We've seen each other on the sideline, mm-hmm. sidelines. We didn't have relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's really open doors uh, for people to be able to, you know, check uh, to, 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 to check some of your egos and kind of other things at the door, you know, to, to really have conversation about the, the real importance of, of our work. And that is how we're influencing young people, how we become stronger advocates for young people, in particular students of color, which is the majority of who we coach. Mm-hmm. Great, great stuff. I, you know, I like I said, I I started following and and uh, like some of the stuff that was was put out on Twitter and uh, did a little bit. Obviously, when I found out that you were one of the people that helped organize it, I kind of took a little bit more of a deeper dive on it as well, and 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 just really impressed with everything that you've that you've done with it. So. A pen and a napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job, basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to a pen and a napkin.com and follow the links to order. Videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the bundle for $50. That's less than $8 a video. We also have our defensive series available. Those videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the three-video bundle for $25. Check out the A Pen and a Napkin University video library. Coach, you, you, you had an interesting journey. I, again, you know, you, you were at Patrick Henry, had unprecedented success, four consecutive state championships. Uh, you, you move on to the ABA opportunity. That didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. You move on to another position at a private school, and then you come back, and you're you're ready to get back as I believe I read, you know, you you wanted to get back into North Minneapolis, and your old job was open at Patrick Henry, and you interviewed, and the guy that brought four state championships there, they said, nah, we're good, we're gonna hire somebody else here. Um, you know, I just can't imagine uh, what that was like for you. You know, how 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 did you work your way through that and? And it sounds like Minneapolis North was knocking at the door, and and it actually turned out to be kind of a blessing in disguise in some ways. Coach, it, it really, I mean, and again, 
Um, it, it really was a God thing. Uh, two weeks, and I've shared this to be honest. So two weeks before any of this stuff happens, I'm, I'm literally going through my devotion and, you know, God just speaks to me and says, I have a ram in the bush. And I really thought it, it was pertaining to my job as they were really trying to encourage me to take on some more responsibilities and do some things. And so I was like, you know, processing, you know, what kind of, to be honest with you, you know, if I'm coaching, what kind of impact that would have if I took on some additional responsibilities at work and all of those kind of things. And so uh, I didn't know what what it meant at the time. Mm -hmm. And so when I went through that interview process, obviously, you know, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, you know, you win four state titles at a school that had not won in 55 years and you go interview for a job and you're, you're turned down. It hurt. But like within hours of, you know, people hearing that they decided to go in a different direction and hire someone else, the principal at that time, Dr. Sean Harris-Berry, and Minneapolis Noise reached out and she said, I understand the rivalry and all of that kind of stuff, but I've, I've watched your work and what you consider coming to Minneapolis North. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, give me a couple of days and let me pray about it. And, and what's crazy, Coach, is I had a former assistant, my JV coach at Patrick Henry, he was the head coach at Minneapolis North. Mm -hmm. And he called me and he said, look, man, like, you know, the school's in trouble. You know, would you consider coming and taking my job? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I, I was going through my devotion on a Wednesday morning. I'll never forget. And I was in the, the um, in the book of Matthews, and it talked about where Jesus had to go off into a far off land in order to be respected by his, his people. And I said, that was the answer to my prayers. And I accepted the job at North. Uh, we this, we're now going into our ninth season. We've been there. Uh, we 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 we're now we've won the the conference for eight consecutive years. We have a 63-game winning streak going now in the Minneapolis City Conference. It, it really has been a blessing in disguise, but it hurt, sure. you know, with the, the time and stuff that I put in at Minneapolis Patrick Henry for them to say no. I mean, you, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, you don't meet the qualifications of whatever we're looking for. So uh, I'm not sure what that was. I don't know if they knew what it was, but <laughs> it's been a blessing in disguise. Well, I, I, I think it has, but, uh, it, you know, again, what you've done at Minneapolis North and, and again, preparing for, for today, you know, the, the school, I, you know, it was on the verge of closing, which is, which is unheard of for a, for a public school, uh, to be, to be closed down. But they, uh, said they were down to like 62 freshmen and sophomores all together, uh, at one point. And, and now it's, it's been revitalized and, and, and you could make the argument that your basketball program and what you've done with the basketball, basketball program has, has helped revitalize the school. Uh, you know, what, what is the, you know, how much does athletic success help with the pride of an academic institution? Well, again, I think it's the, the AD at Duke who said that athletics is the, the front porch 
of any uh, academic institution, right? It is, it is what people see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it is. It, I mean, the when you, when you got winning athletics, I mean, it's in the newspaper. It's it's on you know the the news at night, the highlights, and all of those kind of things. And you know, Minneapolis North uh, and Coach. I mean, you you really have done your homework, uh, Minneapolis North was a, you know, for a number of years, it was a basketball powerhouse. You mm-hmm. know, it's a high school that Khalid el came out of. And so it, it, it was known uh, for great basketball. And yes, it was on the verge of close. We, Coach Weenie, when I got there, we had all of our kids were taking classes in one wing of a school that was built for 1,700 kids. Goodness gracious. Wow. Yes. 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 And so it was, um, but, it, but again, going in and, you know, um, a lot of kids and families knowing, you know, what type of program I had. And so we were able to bring in a group. I think that year, you know, my first year there, we started, uh, an eighth grader to, two freshmen and two sophomores and we were able to have some success and we were able to build on that and of course that group two years later would be crowned state champions and and the school has grown and I think we've gone from 68 kids to this year alone there was uh 125 I think it was the largest freshman class that they've had in uh actually 225 kids freshmen enrolled this year alone oh wow that is that is terrific. Um, what when, when you when you stepped in, uh, what did you feel like were the top two or three things on your list that you needed to address to get things moving in the direction that you wanted them to go into? So one so coach, the first thing I literally did at the interest meeting, I, I called together all the former players. Um, everybody who had played previously that was returning to school, uh, give me your name, your student ID, uh, and we pulled everybody grades. Uh-huh. And if you were not going to class, if you were creating havoc, all of those things, you were not going to play for me. Uh, and so we actually got rid of everybody with the exception of one kid. Wow. And it started fresh uh, because – it was important for me, uh, as I said, you know, one of the things that I, that I tell all of my parents, like, if your son come play for me, they're going to go to college. And I can't say that they're going to go D1, D2, D3, or D13, but they're going to go to college. And that is because they're going to – academics is going to be first. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, you're going to take care of your business in the classroom. And so uh, that mattered to me. That mattered to me, and so you know we 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 we've done that every place that we've been. So that was first, and then you know it, it's it's crazy, coach. But but I tell people, you know, this is my own personal belief. But sometimes for young African American men, it's not the fear of failure; it's a fear of success. Wow. And so what I had to do, you know, my, my, my theme going into it, and I sat in that room with those kids and I said this, if I could change your minds, I could change your life. If I can help you learn to think a different way, I could change your life. And so I, I said the first thing that we had to do was get them to believe and believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, yeah, and, and, and so, yeah. you know, and, and so having conversations about, you know, and, and, and I've always said, like, you know, okay, you may be from a single family home, but we're not going to use that an excuse as an excuse. You may not know your father, but we're not going to use that as an excuse. You may be the first one in your family to graduate from high school, but we're not going to use that as an excuse, right? We're going to learn how to set some goals, and we and we're going to hold you accountable again. Why are you here? And a lot of kids, like I say, I want to go to college. Okay, well, here's what we need. And, and so as an educator, you understand. Coach, so we create an individual, uh, I, I won't say a, a, a individual learning plan, but really an individual kind of map for all of our kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's what you, you here's what you say. And for me, it's an accountability thing. So if you tell me that you want to go to college and you're not going to class, I'm just going to say, well, uh, coach, well, you know, now, uh, <laughs> you've been class these last three days, you know, we, how do you think I'm gonna get you in college if you don't go to class? And so you tell me your why, and then we're going to work together to get you to what you want, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, with with our kids, I mean, that that's kind of the approach that 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 we've taken with them. So, you know, it, it was again, you know, getting them to believe in themselves. And I always say, becoming, you know, I, I would tell kids, your 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 mom, your dad, auntie, grandpa, they can't be your your biggest cheerleader. You got to become your biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, you got to just... become. And so that was my main focus in helping my kids learn to become their biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, I, I was just writing, as you said that, you know, they they it sounds like your kids needed to learn how to invest in themselves and absolutely and, and, and understand that little investment every day is going to add up to big things. One percent. We we call it getting one percent better, coach, every day. Oh boy! If my players were le- listening to this right now, they would be rolling there. They'd be stuck. Cause I don't know. Every day, that's the phrase we use. We got to get one percent better today. We got to get one percent better. So uh, you hear me preaching that all the time. One percent better every day. Yeah. Great minds think alike, right, Coach McKenzie? Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> Mark your calendars for Saturday, April the 9th, for the second annual A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic at Fort Calhoun High School in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, just 15 minutes north of downtown Omaha, Nebraska. We have a great day lined up for you and your coaching staff, from large group speakers to classroom sessions to discussion tables. The A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic promises to make you a better coach. Clinic rates are $40 for one coach, $75 for two coach, $100 for three coaches, and $30 a piece for a coaching staff of four or more. For more details, check out at a pen and a napkin on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach McKenzie, at this time we 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 change it up here. We're we're gonna hit the second half of our of our podcast here, and we usually kick this off with the John Wooden quote of the day. And uh, so I'm gonna throw out a, a Coach Wooden quote here. And uh, if you'd like, you know, kind of tell me what you think of it, uh, how you maybe take this type of quote and apply it to your program and to your kids, and and just kind of your overall thoughts on it. So, are you ready, Coach? I am ready. All right, Did and you... I'm gonna have to give my my coaches to your coaches clinic. Hey, hey, come on down. We'd love to have you. It's uh, what probably about six hours from Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we try. We we've gone as far as Las Vegas, so my coaches like to get out and about. Yeah, uh, well, hey, come on down. We'd love to have you. I, I think you'd really. We got a great lineup of speakers. Uh, uh, 
just just uh, boys speaker, uh, boys basketball coaches, girls basketball coaches, and one of the things that we're doing is is um, one of the things I've learned from going to coaches clinics is uh, it, it gets kind of old just sitting there listening and watching other coaches yeah. talk the the whole time. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a couple of breakout sessions and discussion tables where we're going to randomly put folks together in groups of however many folks end up showing up. And, and we're going to have three or four topics over about a 45-minute time period. And we're just going to let coaches bounce ideas off of each other of what they do in their program to help each other out. Because not only will we have great speakers there, but all the coaches there are great resources with one another. And I think that would be an awesome idea to, to just, you know, while we're all in this place together, let's talk amongst ourselves and let's listen to each other and talk about what we can do to make ourselves better. So I'm really excited to experiment with that type of concept at our clinic. So it should be really good, I think. So, but I'm biased. It's, it's my clinic, but, but I, I, I think it's, it's going to be really good. So. All right. Well, let's go with John Wooden quote here. We're ready. All right. All right. Here we go. The John Wooden quote of the day is, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything. I think, that, you know, a lot of that has to do with players, but I think that has to deal with coaches, too. I think we have to, we have to be uh, ready to experiment, to try things differently. Uh, especially as we get older, sometimes we get stuck in our ruts a little bit and, and we kind of get afraid to try a few things differently or to tweak a few things that we do. And it's, it's okay to go out and make some mistakes and, and Hey, and then if you make a mistake, just like we tell our players, we admit that we make a mistake and we move on from it. Well, coach, I mean, it, it, it's funny. I mean, uh, as a, uh, what I like to say as someone who thinks consider yourself to be a transformational leader, you you know one of the things that I tell my, my people all the time, you got to be willing and okay to take risks and sometimes in taking risks uh, you fail but failure is only if you don't learn anything from it right? I mean mm-hmm. and you, if you you cannot get better I mean for example if, if you're a right-handed kid and you're bringing a ball down the floor and, and you're afraid to go to the left because you might miss a layup, you will never improve as a player mm-hmm. if, oh, if you don't take on that challenge, right? Yep. I mean, so failure, failure actually is the roadmap to success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and so again, I, I I would say the older I get, the the more nursery rhymes make sense, right? But that old that old saying is, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try try again. You try because you fail. You know, yep. and, and and again, you've heard this. I tell people all the time. There are so many people that's been right at the doorstep, but because they wasn't willing to fail. Mm-hmm. They miss their opportunities in life. Yep, in life. So I, I've always loved that quote uh, by John Wood. And then I think it's important uh, what you said as well. And I tell my kids this: be, you know what? Own your mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. You know now. Now I, I'm sure you're the same way. I don't want to hold a lot of my bads, my bads, but. 
I'm okay with you making a mistake, learning from it, so that we can all get better. Uh, And again, uh, Lord knows, I wish I could say that uh, I've I've, I've, I've had this perfect life, but we've all, you know, at some point tried something and it just didn't work out. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, and and if you've done this job as long as you and I have, uh, there's a lot of things that that we've we've goofed up on or tried and failed. and uh, but when you try something and it succeeds, that's when you feel that immense pride in yourself and in your program, and most importantly in your kids, that they're that, they're, that they're feeling good about themselves. So well, coach, let's dive into your. Uh, philosophy here. Uh, you're you're known for your pressure defense and and full court play, and and that was one of the things that you said you'd be willing to to share. So uh, at, at this point, I'm just going to kind of sit back and 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 let you talk about implementing your pressure defense scheme, and and I might hop in with a couple of questions here as we go through it. Uh, but uh, just talk to us about uh, the attacking style that you'd like to implement and and what you guys do there up at Minneapolis North. Well, so the first thing that that we do, Coach, that's a little bit unique, uh, and we've been doing this for 25 years. Um, Every year, my first eight practices, the the baskets go up, no balls come out. Uh, And so we spend time uh, working on everything from the proper defensive stands. Uh, it, it's, it's like a defensive basketball camp. So, mm-hmm. you know, advanced step, retreat step, um, a, a, a swing, you know, all of those kind of things that, that I'm working on. I mean, I'm really uh, at, at the beginning of the season. Like I say, the first eight practices all focus on the little important things. I'm a believer that that there, I mean, as a player, I mean, there's nights that the ball isn't going to fall. But if I can stop you, I, I got a chance to win. And, and so, you know, I, I like the game to be fast. You know, our, our motto is um, is polar basketball, 36 minutes of hell. Mm-hmm. So we, we play. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to play probably man-to-man pressure mostly 99, 90, I wouldn't say 90, 90% of the time, 85, 90% of the time. But I do like switching up my defenses, so... Um, you know, I, I might be in a man-to-man press. I might, you know, you call a timeout. I'm going to go to a diamond press. I might go to my one-two-two. I, I use a a two-one-two two, uh, three quarters. I, so I'm going to use a lot. I'm going to give you a lot of different looks. But again, you know, our goal e- even right now, you know, we want to we want to create about 24 turnovers a game. And right now, my team is at that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so, so a lot of pressure, and, and I, and, and and again, I mean, I'll, I'll give away the secret, but when I watch most high school players, um, most high school players they'll catch the ball and they're gonna take one dribble, they're gonna bounce the ball and pick it up, and then I tell my kids it's really simple. At that point, all you got to do is play hard for five seconds. And if everybody, if everybody's doing their job, then the ref blows the whistle and he gives us the ball. That's <laughs> very simple, but very, very accurate. Very accurate. Now yes. that you think about it, you know, yeah. how many times does that happen 
where a, where a player takes one dribble and just picks it up. You you are exactly correct, Coach. Well, and, and then here's the other thing, Coach, that, that you see in high school quite a bit, right? So if, if a kid's on the right side of the floor and he's down in the corner and he passes the ball to the guy on the wing, the, 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 so the guy on the wing passes the ball to the corner, nine times out of ten, the guy in the corner is going to pass the ball right back to him. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's those little things. I, I tell uh, – one of the tidbits that I that I'll give to to coaches out here, Coach B. So in preseason, we spend a lot of time teaching our kids chess, using the game of chess. Okay. And that and that's the mental training that if you can if you can learn to think one move ahead. And I always say, if I do this, coach is going to do this, and now I got to know my next move. And that's a lot of my defensive principles is being able to anticipate what happens uh, on the flight of the ball. Uh And and so we want to speed up the game. Uh, I I want to make your kids uncomfortable. And like I tell my kids, it's not that hard. At the most, at the most, you got to play hard for 10 seconds. Uh And can you do that? I think a lot of coaches make the game a lot more complicated than it really is. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, what what are what are some uh uh things that you that you do uh like you said those first eight practices uh the baskets are up the balls are put away uh, you you're you're working on uh stances what are some what are some drills or or some concepts that you are uh having your kids do in practices to uh you know kind of like you said, think of one one step ahead or two steps ahead, like you would in the game of chess. So, so, so a, a, a couple things is, um, and, and it's kind of hard to demonstrate in a conversation over the phone, yep. coach. But things like as simple as when you close out, and 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 I teach my kids. I mean, again, most of them are right-handed coach, but if you you can close out play right on, you know, still be in the chest or the belly button of the offensive guy. But if you just force, if you, and it's about footwork, right? And so I teach my kids in terms of when you close out, if you take your left foot and put it slightly outside of that guy's right foot, then unconsciously you're going to be forcing them right mm-hmm. to to their right and, and, and so it's little things like that that it's kind of easier to demonstrate in person uh but and, and then uh understanding the difference between uh shuffling your feet and what i call step slide and being able to take advantage of taking big steps to to gain ground um, as the guys are coming up, uh, the importance, coach. I talk we we talk about math with our kids, right? Understanding angles uh-huh. when when we're pressing, right? That that yep. you're not running at your man, but that you want to close out. You 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 want to attack or or get to your man at a certain angle, uh-huh. and so you you learn to beat them to the spot. 
and not and not go go get the ball. And 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 it's those kind of things that that I spend a lot of time in terms of building um, our pressure defense, right? Really, really understanding. And then the most important thing is um, basketball is a team sport, and the way that we play, it's important. Everybody must do their job. Yep. You can't you can't have five guys playing at 100% and that one guy's slacking off because then you're not pressing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so we're we're really all depending on each other to do their job. Yep. W- one of our mantras has been uh, the last few weeks is every possession matters. And, y- you know, we you get caught up. We, we, we lost a tough game yesterday. And, and a lot of stuff happened in the last two minutes of the game. But boy, there were so many possessions in the first thirty minutes of the game that if that if we'd have been you know a little bit sharper, a little bit better, um, you know, then we don't have to worry about what happened in the last two minutes. But we weren't, and so and that's why every possession matters. And 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 kind of piggybacking off of you saying you know that everybody must do their job, but kind of in that Belichickian mode of hey, you know, the other four uh, guys or gals on the floor expect you to be here. At this time, you need to be here for this to work. Um, and I think that's really important to teach your kids, don't you think, Coach? Absolutely, yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, I think that's, again, to me, that's one of the beauties of the game, right? Because at, at, when you when you leave basketball and you're in corporate America or you're teaching or you're doing everything, at, at some point you have to, you know, a family is a team, right? Everybody's got a role to play. And so it, it, I, I use that, but one of the things I also tell my kids a lot, Coach, in a game of basketball, the team that makes the less mistakes win the game. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, so, so so that that that's important as well in being conscious of those kind of things. And so if we can create, you know, a, a situation that causes your players to make mistakes, to throw the ball away, to step out of bounds, to, to rush, to speed up and do those kind of things, to get out of character and take shots that, that you wouldn't want them to, to take, to start your offense at half court. Uh, all of those kind of things make a difference in the game. And so those first eight practices are all the things that we're trying to emphasize, the importance of defense. And, you know, I know it's debatable with, with the way, you know, with everybody wanting to be Golden State now and play and put up three points. But I'm still a, a, a believer that defense win championships. When, when you're implementing all this stuff, Coach McKenzie, uh, are you a, a breakdown drill guy, or is a lot of your teaching done in the five-on-five? Five? Uh, I am. I, I, I don't, coach. I don't. I don't do a lot of five-on-five. Uh, five. I, 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 and I really, I really consider myself a, a teacher. So I'm more of a half-court, absolutely breakdown drill but not drilling for drill's sake mm-hmm. to understand what uh, to understand you know why we're doing this mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so yep. kids understand what what we're doing and why we're doing it so I, I, I would to be you know i mean for me i just feel like when you walk into that gym um this is your uh, seventh hour or eighth hour class, and my job, I, I'm teaching, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and so, whether that's offense or defense 
but the things that we need to 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 know to help us be successful. And so, I, so I spend a lot of times. Uh, I would say on drills, right? The the closeout, the beating. Uh, uh, we use cones so that you know beating your, the, your opponent to the spot, those kind of things. And so you know how again going back to where I was telling you, like the the importance of, of your stance when you close out and where you set your feet and those kind of things, and how that dictate what your opponent is going to do, and then how you make the next move already because when you do this. They're gonna do this, and now here's your next move. Yep, yep. You, uh, you know, another thing that you said you'd be willing to talk about is the building of the culture. And we've kind of talked a little bit about that with uh, the the grade checks and and making sure the kids are going to class and and not being knuckleheads in class and so forth and so on. But I also read something about uh, you have. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, coach. I think I'm right, but I hope I'm. Hope I'm not wrong, but like Wooden said, it's okay we, if we make mistakes. Um, you had something called the creed, and Absolutely. Yep. yeah, okay. So uh, you know, I, I I was guessing, and and excuse me if I'm wrong. If I'm guessing, that's a really big cultural thing. That's part of your uh, uh, program. Could could you go into that a little bit for us? So one of the things that I believe in. And again, I, I think every team should have some kind of mantra. I think I think everybody in life should have some kind of mantra. And so every single kid who's ever played for me, who's ever been in my program, whether you've been a freshman, whether you play JV or varsity, uh, you learn the creed. Um, and so we start every practice with it. We start every game with it. I start my day with it. Every single day, I'll just share it with you, Coach. It, it, it is part of the culture that we have. And, and, and to me, the creed for me is about taking personal responsibility of your life. And so every single day, as I start my day, it goes like this. This is the beginning of a new day. I have been blessed with this day to use as I will. I can waste it or I can use it for good. For what I do today is important. I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. I, Larry McKenzie, must decide, good or bad, gain or loss, success or failure, in order that I'll never regret the price that I pay for it. And one of the things that I tell my kids, first of all, every single day is a gift, Coach. Mm -hmm. Today, as we're having this conversation, uh, today is January 23rd, 2022. It's a day that's never been and a day that never will be. It's a gift. There are some people here yesterday that did not get the gift of January 22nd, uh, 2022. Don't take that for granted. And then again, so you've been blessed with this day to use as you will, right? Not yep. your mom, not your best friend, not your girlfriend. And you got to make a choice. And I tell kids all the time, because the older I get, life is about three things, choices, chances, and consequences. You can either make the right choice or you can take a chance. But in the end, you won't control the consequences. And sometimes the consequences are 5 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to life or the loss of your life. Uh -huh. And so you have to learn. So they, as they say, when you know better, you do better. And so my job as a coach is, as your coach, is to make sure that you do know better. 
that you know better. And so that creed is, I tell kids, Coach, I don't determine playing time. You do by the effort that you make when you come and practice. Don't ever give me that much power. Don't give anybody that much power. Because every single day you decide, good or bad, gain or loss, success or failure, that's up to you. And if you do that, nobody can ever make you have a bad day. Nobody can give you an F. Nobody can do any of those kind of things because you're in control of your situation. Coach, I'm starting to cramp up from writing all this stuff down. Uh, <laughs> this is this is so good. Um, you know, it, it just... Uh, um, uh, I'm trying. What other unique things or traditions do you guys have in your program? You know, while we're talking about the the creed well, well, I, and, and, and what you what you things share. that that we. So I think that makes us unique, Coach. I mean, every kid that plays JV or varsity in our program, they have to run a six minute mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's one of the things that I think uh, makes us unique. Uh, we have mandatory study hall for our kids every day that we don't have a game. I check grades and doing the course of, of study hall, like for example, tomorrow on our schedule, uh, and our kids are in distant learning, but they'll meet me in the cafeteria at four o'clock for study hall. So we'll have study hall from 345 to 415. At 415, I'll bring in a speaker or we use this program that we, that's called the game plan where they'll go online on their computers and they'll do uh, an online module on things like building your personal brand or it might be uh, it, 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 uh, it might be on finances. It might be all of those kind of things. And that's from 4.15 to 5. And then from 5 to from five to 5.45, then the weight room. And then we start practice. We go to from 6 to 7.30. So that's kind of like a normal day uh, for our kids. I, I bring in a speaker from the community every Thursday a African-American businessman, a professional athlete, or somebody who looks like them, who's navigated the streets of Minneapolis, uh, who, who's who been uh, successful, graduated from North High, to speak to our kids so that they can see that it's possible. Mm-hmm. So those are things that we do that that make uh coach we we one of the things that we're doing this year uh we partner with a company called open doors to to work with our seniors in preparation uh for name uh likeness and image mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the importance of cleaning up your social media you know so that you can have these opportunities once you leave us to go to college so so it it it, it for me it is way more much more than about basketball right uh uh, the basketball will take care of itself, but you know I, I feel like for so many of my kids, uh, I'm a surrogate father. Uh, for so many, I'm 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 not their role model, but I'm their real model. And so, if, if I don't give them those kind of things when they leave me, uh, it might be too late. And so we we try to take advantage of the time that we have and use basketball as that carrot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot more than just about basketball in terms of what I do. That that uh, program, the game plan, uh, is that uh, is that just a a a website or is it some is it a website it is, that you have to pay it's, for? It's a, or? Uh, 
what, what it, it's a it's an app coach you can go online you can can google it uh, they work with a number of, they they they're we're one of the few high schools that that use the plan they work primarily with most most of the college programs across the country they also do stuff with with the uh minor league baseball nfl and others but we're one of uh, a few high school programs that have uh you know, reached out to them. So we're now in our third year of using the, the app uh, to as a as a life skill component. Terrific stuff. Do you got time for one more subject, Coach? Absolutely. How, how, uh, let's talk about a little off-season player development and, and what you guys do within your program uh, during the, the, we call it improvement season at our school. Uh, wh- what are you guys doing in your improvement season? Uh, how do you, how do you uh, structure things to help your players develop their games uh, during that improvement season? So, so first thing that we do, Coach, at the end of the season, and I can send it to you, I have a kind of a self-eval. And I bring uh, you in and I sit down with you and I ask you, what are your goals for next season? What, what, what do you think you need to improve on? Uh, you know, ball handling, uh, you, you know, we, we, we want, uh, you need to have a floater. You need to, you know, you want to be a better defensive player. Okay, all of those kind of things. How, okay, then how much time are you willing to put in? What are some of the barriers that would keep you from showing up in in the gym? You know, sometimes kids got to work or do all uh, those other kind of things. And so, Coach, then we put together again, put together individual plan for you. So when you come, we 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 I, I use a lot of Coach K stuff. So I have a, a post work workout that we give to our individual kids that you can do on your own. We're in the gym three days a week: Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, for a couple hours, uh, and it is all about individual work. We don't play any five-on-five or any of those kind of things during the summertime. And I tell everybody, and, 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 and parents as well, you know, championships are won April through October because that is the time that we do individual work. Once the season starts, I'm doing team development. I just play six games in nine days. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have time to help you become a better ball handler, to work on your jump shot or any of those kind of things. I'm watching film. I'm doing scouting report and all of those kind of things. So uh, November through March is team development. April through October is individual development. So if you want to get better and then again, I mean, do you want to play at the next level? If you want to play at the next level, this is what we got to do. I mean, this is what it's going to take. What caps are you going to go through? So it's an individual plan. You sign it, I sign it, and your parents sign it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great so, idea. And so if if you don't show up, you know, we do – we have a 10,000-shot club that we encourage our kids to participate in. You get a T-shirt and all of those kind of things. So, you know – and I have I have a great staff. They've been with me a long time. If if we can be in the gym, uh, our staff is going to be in the gym. And parents know that. And so, uh, if you want to get better, we're going to do that. But it's really about you know where you at. Like you know, 
so for for some kids, it may really be spending more time in the gym, in the weight room, working on the vertimax, trying to increase their vertical. You know, you might want to. Uh, we might want to work on your left hand. You might be transit. You might be six three, and you want to play. You know, your goal is to play college basketball. You want to. You're gonna to have to play on the wing. Well, we got to work with you on becoming a better ball handler. So it's it's all of those kind of things. But it's not my plan. It's our plan. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Not my plan. It's our plan. That is that is a great saying. To wrap up the evening, uh, Coach McKenzie, what a what a great conversation! I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, putting this together here tonight, and and I hope you've enjoyed being on a pen and a napkin. Absolutely, I'm honored. I, I do follow you. I read your stuff. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm telling you now. I'll be buying that that packet tomorrow. I'm always trying to get better, so I'm, I'm always curious about what other coaches are doing around the country, how they're doing it. I, I, I like taking stuff and sharing it with younger coaches. So uh, you, you'll see my stuff come across tomorrow with the one of the university packages that you advertised earlier. So, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Is there a is there any social media that you want to plug for for your program or the uh, Minnesota Black Basketball Coaches Association or any anything that you're involved in? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you like positive motivation and talking basketball, you can follow me on Facebook as Larry McKenzie. I'm on Instagram as Coach McKenzie. Uh, I, I I send out a daily motivational every single day on Twitter uh, as part of my business, Coach Seminars and Consultant LLC. So uh, Coach Seminars every morning, uh, 6 a.m., a, a motivational quote goes out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well as just Coach McKenzie. Love basketball. Uh, always want to help whoever I can help. Uh, so, uh, and uh, Minnesota Black Basketball Coaches Association as well. You can follow us as the MBBCA on Twitter, uh, as on Facebook and Instagram as well. Terrific stuff. Terrific stuff. Uh, Larry McKenzie, Minneapolis North High School. Uh, again, Coach, I, I knew this was going to be a great conversation. Uh, it has it has gone beyond my wildest dreams. And, and like I said, thank you so much for your time uh, during the, you know, we're heading into February here. It's starting to get a little crazy for all of us. I'm trying to keep my sanity, trying to do these two things at once. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, just got just to gotta suck it up for a few more weeks here. But uh, really, really appreciate your time. Uh, absolutely, Coach, and, and I want you to know that I'm, I'm honored to even be considered to, for you to have me on. So uh, thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure. Uh, man, I, I, I like talking basketball, and I just uh, I just love to, to, to be in conversation with guys like yourself who you can tell that are true uh, basketball traditionists, and so – uh, again, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, why don't you hold the line here? I got to wrap up a couple things, and and we'll we'll call it a night. So, uh, Larry McKenzie, uh, boys basketball coach at Minneapolis North High School. Uh, we want to thank him for coming on. Again, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic. If you're in need of any chiropractic services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at four zero two. Nine six four zero three zero zero. Again, follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Download, rate, review this podcast on iTunes. Again, give us five stars so that we can help other coaches hone their craft. 
If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. Again, Larry McKenzie has been our guest this week. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.